0: Hey everybody, it's Drags. It's Wednesday, February 6th and it's time for episode 284 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at CLNSmedia.com and of course follow us on Twitter at Patriots The Patriots are Super Bowl champions for a sixth time in 18 seasons. The Patriots beat the Rams 13 to 3 on Sunday, of course, in Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta. Two seats down from me in the press box in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium was Bill Burt, longtime columnist, reporter uh, for the Lawrence Eagle Tribune, and a longtime friend of mine in Boston Media. How are you, Bill?
1: Uh Very good, Mike. Just want to make this clear. I was not in a Mercedes-Benz. We were at
0: Mercedes-Benz Stadium. <laughs> I don't think uh, either one of us were in a Mercedes-Benz the whole week. Uh, I don't think we had time. Well, we were certainly, and I'm sure enough, Ubers and Lyfts and uh, rideshare services, but none of them were Mercedes, no.
1: Yeah, I will say it's nice to be home. So,
0: a great week, literally eight days, and
1: uh, exciting days, uh, very busy. I saw you working, uh, you know, your workhorse, one of the big workhorses in Boston Media. I tried to keep up with you. It wasn't easy, and... uh, but it was a it was a long. I mean, people look. I, I don't want to, belay belay. I don't want act like I'm a plumber or anything. As no, Belichick
0: I, said. I but, understand.
1: But it, but it is. Uh, it can be a grind. It's not. You know, every I, people ask the question: Did you have fun? And I could be a Belichick and say no, uh, or or I could say, well, fun, man. Yeah, I was. Good. But more exciting and you know enthusiastic. There's a lot going on, but. It's not really like, hey, did you, can your son go? Can your wife go? Like, it's not one of those business trips, so.
0: Right. And that's the whole thing, Bill. I mean, when you're down there to cover the Super Bowl, it's radio row. It's all of the press conferences. They're, you know, 14 hour days. And I'll, I'll tell you what people don't appreciate about the Super Bowl is how you don't really eat that well. I mean, I don't think most people eat well. You know why? Because we, as reporters and writers and and columnists and what have you, when you when food is laid out in front of you for free and it's accessible, it's not always the best food to have, right?
1: Right, right. And and,
0: You're right. Uh, and besides us complaining and bitching and moaning about the Wi-Fi, which was awful. Uh, in the media center, and I really don't understand why that would be for such a big event. Um, the food was plentiful, but it's not what you want to set your diet to. But you know what? I don't think people want to hear us bitch and moan about, um, uh, the Wi Fi or the food. Uh, I do have one question to ask you before, uh, we talk football. Did you fly through Pittsburgh to get back? Yes. Oh my God. How did no. you know? Bill, yeah. because it's all over Twitter. And I'm like, <laughs> when I saw that picture of you staring into the camera from Pittsburgh International, I'm like, tell me you didn't fly through Pittsburgh to get back yeah. home. So it was a problem. and In fact, I, I explained it in this awful two-minute video. My
1: son was embarrassed by it, by the way. and uh, But the point was. Uh, yes, I, the flight was made, and I didn't realize that I was going through Pittsburgh. I thought it was direct. Don't ask me why I thought that, but I thought it was, and I realized oh, as I was leaving that it wasn't. And had a battle because there was a standby seat open; they wouldn't give it to me because I didn't buy a direct flight to Boston. Long story, so but I'm home uh, with my cold. By the way, so I get a me get as well. So I've so got like, a bad, bad head
0: cold. I do as well, Bill. Yep. It was. And here's why: how we got that. It was 22 degrees on Tuesday and Wednesday nights mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Then it started to gradually warm up and then got really nice on Friday and Saturday and Sunday was really good too. Um, right. but, uh, people were not ready for the uh, temperature change and my, no. our rooms were all over the place in terms of the heat and whatnot. But anyway, you wrote day, uh, after the Super Bowl, the real MVP of Super Bowl 53 was Bill Belichick. And why? Not Julian Edelman. Explain. So
1: the, they have to give an MVP to a player. And I I, I slightly gave the edge to Edelman uh, based on a couple of things. One, I do want to talk about him because he basically started the, the – the, really the Patriots had control of the game from the start. Um, two big – couple of big things that happened – Patriots uh, commit the turnover. The, um, Brady throws the interception, right. and three and out on the next right away. That was huge. It, it, the message was sent. Okay, uh, Patriots defense might be a little. It might be as good as they were in the first half of the of the Kansas City game. So, what happened was the Patriots took control of the game. They owned field position, which is which is not a really sexy topic topic to talk about. But in games usually played in bad weather or the Super Bowl, which was played in 70 degree perfect conditions, it
0: right. was
1: it was the key. It's, a, it's something we all not want to talk about, but that was Edelman. Edelman uh, Edelman had the big first half, seven catches, and I think he only hit three in the second half. So, you know, and on the touchdown, I think he had one 13 yard catch. The touchdown they with the touchdown drive they scored. So my point is, I, I do believe he was the best single performer statistically, and he did. Carry the Patriots took control of the game, and he was the key, a key element to that. Besides the defense, uh, on the defensive end, you could argue the defense was the MVP of the team. But you know, indeed, we we liked the three sacks, we liked the four, two interceptions, and there was no one like that. So, so they gave it to Edelman. But I'm going go to go back to the reason I wrote the column. Um, this was an incredibly coached year, not only coached, but he's also you know director of football operations by yep. Belichick. And, uh, Correct. I believe go back to the day we left Minneapolis, which was, you know, the worst weather conditions we've ever been in. And we get back, and it was two weeks of hell for Belichick. He had to pay for the Malcolm Butler decision, not only being questioned by fans and everyone in the media, but it appeared players in the Patriots were were questioning him in social media, you know, going out of their way to support Malcolm. And so it was a really tough couple days, two weeks. Then there was the dinner meeting between Belichick and um, and Kraft at Davio's with that the, the the tapes there the bad view of them sitting down, and it was sort of embarrassing. And I it, it came to the point where you wondered if he just had lost control of the team. Let's be honest; you you, you probably thought it. I thought it. And I'm, I'm the, one of the biggest proponents of Bill Belichick and what he's done. I was there the first day he was hired. I was in. The, I was at. He did a press conference for like six writers. I was at that and. Um, you know, I was there, five and eleven. They lost. Remember, I think it was uh, ten games that year, by eight points or less. And Bledsoe had chances in like seven or eight of those games, with drives in the end on the fifty-yard line and beyond to, to to make it close to win, and they they failed. So the team really wasn't a five and eleven team. But I was there for that, so I I really respect what he had built. It's you know, it's remarkable. And this year, though, I think he dwarfed it all. I think we saw how great he really was how this on-to-Cincinnati thing, which, you know, we picked up on four, four years ago in Kansas City after that Monday night loss, I think it's legitimate. There is no better person in pro sports with these young players who, you know, they're all a type of social media. They all get groups of friends that show up at games and tell them they're getting screwed and agents saying, you know, you deserve more money. And there goes Belichick, who's able to somehow keep that all under control. And well, this year uh, – go
0: ahead. No, what's amazing to me, Bill, is the fact that Belichick is able to scheme three completely different game plans for three completely different teams: the Chargers, Chiefs, and the Rams. Probably could not have been three more diff- uh, different teams uh, to prepare for in the postseason. So,
1: Mike, I'm not even. I'm okay. I, I'm way. I'm still back in in March. So what he did was, with Brady and Gronk, basically said, bleep bleep you, I'm not going to uh, work the voluntary workouts. So, mind you, Brady in the past has told us, I feel it's very important to be there. I feel I get my reps in. I want to be around the team. And then he makes this decision. So I'm I'm basically drawing a picture of, it it looks like Belichick has lost control. And back to my MVP pick. And basically, what we realized, and then then we get to preseason. He drafts a running back, which is very odd. You know, Lawrence Maroney was the only running back he drafted in the first round, that was sort of a flop. He was okay, and then sort of disappeared after three years. And then Sony gets hurt. Their offensive lineman never makes it to the season uh, 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 win. Isaiah win. So we we just question him a lot. Then they play the games, and this was without doubt the most disjointed regular season uh, through. December, first two weeks of December of, the, of literally this entire, other than the 10 and six season, uh, this was as bad as it got. <clears throat> and um, so I I questioned, like a lot of people, I didn't write them off, but I questioned, I go, I, it just doesn't look right. Forget, you know, go to the Miami game, the Miami miracle, you know, but if you take away that kick return uh, at the end of the game, the Patriots offense got their, got their stuff in order for the first time in a long time. That was Brady's best game of the year, arguably. And it, But he had that mental blunder at halftime, which probably cost them the game, to be honest with you. Yep. They, they, that kept Miami in the game. And so then they go to Pittsburgh the week after, and very disappointing. I think I sat next to you that, that game in Pittsburgh. Yes, you did. Very disappointing. And and uh, they looked like they were for the first half, and then they fell apart in the second half, unlike the Patriots. And then all of a sudden, it's like they got Buffalo, New York, and I'm saying, I, you know, they're going to win those games, but does it matter. And you know what? It mattered. They found their mojo. Brady started spreading the ball around, which he hadn't done m- almost the entire year. It, the offense looked different. The defense was on its game. Um, you know, then we go to the playoff games, and you were there when we were interviewing uh, Brian Billick. And he hmm. he said, among other things, and he was a great interview. he said, I asked him, what is the most incredible thing about Bill Belichick? And he said, easy. He can morph his team into anything he wants from week, not all, not year to year, not week to week, but series to series. So he can do this one series, and he can change it to another in another series, the next one. He said teams can't do that year to year, or they can barely do it year to year. He's doing it during games. He's able to get guys to play two different styles, three different styles, have three different jobs. And he can get he gets he gets versatile players that are smart. They're not maybe as talented as other players, but they can play what he wants to do. And it's very hard to scheme against these guys. And guess what? We saw that in the Super Bowl. Uh Scott uh Sean McVay was not ready for the Patriots defense. He had never seen it before. He had never seen the amoeba defense that they were in all of it. he'd never seen the linebackers they were doing double, triple uh stunts. He'd never seen that before, and he didn't know how to react to it. And he goes, that goes – and, that, you know, Bill had told us that before the Super Bowl, and, and he basically said, I just don't – you give Bill Belichick two weeks to prepare for a young team that's never been here before. You know, I'm leaning towards the Patriots, and lo and behold, that's what happened. Belichick, MVP. This, in my mind, his work. This year, and I'm going to say this. You know, we, we've said in the past, Belichick has never won without Brady. That's what, you know, when people are trying to right. talk about it. Is it Brady, it's the old Belichick. argument. So guess what? Belichick basically won the Super Bowl without Brady. And I, I, it's, it's a metaphor. It's not really true. Brady had that one great series. But Brady wasn't special that game. He was decent. And he was great on that one drive, and that's all they needed.
0: But this was Belichick's best work. Of his career, I would say I would agree with you for the length of the season. Absolutely, the best work of his career. Um, but for the game, as much as I love Belichick, I think he knew going into that game he had the complete flush, the royal flush over the Rams because the Rams had Jared Goff as their quarterback, and I think he took one look at or a couple of looks <laughs> off uh, more accurately at Jared Goff on film and he said there's no way this quarterback's beating us absolutely yeah, no not way not without a running game no not without the running game he knew he knew that he was going to stop their running game
1: that's what i believe so like we talk about the game the game was you know look i know for the average fan it wasn't exciting they're used to they're used to uh, fantasy points and yards that wasn't this kind of game and i wrote this on sunday before the game you know everyone asked to pick a score, and hit. I don't know what the score is going to be. I'm picking the Patriots to win. I picked the crazy score, at 29-25. But basically, the, I just said they're going, to, and that's crazy. I said because there's crazy scores in Super Bowl, but um, I wouldn't be surprised of any score. The Patriots will win. And you know what happened? They got they they were only leading three to nothing, but they really controlled the game from the start to finish, and they were never comfortable. The Rams. They, they you know, they got scary a couple times and they took a couple a great play by Jason McCordy. Took a nice play by um Gilmore to knock the ball out of Cooks both times, uh you know, had balls that he couldn't had. And a nice play,
0: by the way, on the Stefan Gilmore interception on the zero blitz <clears throat> right. by Daron Harmon. Right. Oh great! He he was the one that was like the Ty Brown interception. Well, you
1: remember it's Mike Grable the one that flipped, and he's the one that forced the bad pass, just like Harmon did there. So this was, but everyone was in the right spot. And in, in a perfect Bill Belichick game, you know what a perfect Bill Belichick game is? Everyone's the MVP. It's hard to pick an MVP, and that's what this was. It was hard to pick an MVP. I, I mean, we, statistically, Edelman. But really, I you know you easily could give it to the Hightower. I mean, I watched the tape of the game. Hightower was incredible. He was. And we didn't have. 12 tackles and 3 sacks. That's what you need to be MVP, unfortunately. You need, you need a Von Miller kind of game. We didn't have that game.
0: Speaking with the Lawrence Eagle Tribune's Bill Burt, it's that time of year after unpacking all of the souvenirs from my Super Bowl trip Monday night. I realize another important date is coming up. Every year I struggle to come up with a unique, great Valentine's Day gift. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. I want a gift that is a reminder of special memories both near and far. And I know all of you, like me, want a gift that lasts more than just a few days and shows just how much you care. Well, I've come across the perfect answer. Listen up. It's called Homesick Candles. Why are homesick candles a great Valentine's Day gift? They are thoughtful and personal, not just picked off a shelf. Homesick candles show you that you thought about the individual. There's an emotional connection as well. Highlight special memories with a candle commemorating your first kiss or a special road trip. And there's the beautiful packaging. Homesick candles come in beautiful gift boxes that look amazing with just a bow or even a note or nothing at all. Each candle is made from natural soy wax blend, premium cotton wicks, and is completely non-toxic. New this year, the first kiss candle joins the love candle this Valentine's Day. Celebrate the electric and the unforgettable moment of your first kiss and share that first kiss story. Go to homesick.com and check out The first kiss finder, Homesick Candles, giving my listeners an amazing offer right now. Go to homesick.com, and for every classic size or three-wick candle you purchase, you'll get a free mini candle. All you have to do is enter my code BEAT. B E A T at checkout that's homesick.com with the promo code B E A T for this awesome deal. Don't forget to add a mini candle for each classic or three wick. This great offer is only available until February 15th. So order now that's homesick.com with the promo code B E A T back again Lawrence Eagle Tribune's longtime writer, Bill Burt, covering uh, the Patriots. You also cover the Red Sox. You're both a member of the Pro Football Writers of Association and the BBWA, right? Yes. Yes. yes I
1: cover both. I, I, we, we have a baseball writer. I go, I sort of jump in from time to time. I do columns. Uh, I went to the, I uh, sort of basically jumped on the bandwagon in, in October and sort of ran with them there. But Chris Mason's our baseball writer, who's great, by the way. Um, and we know baseball is a grind like no other sport. It uh, is. <laughs> but great job. I mean, look, like, you, you guys do, I will say this, and I want to give you on, on your own podcast. You guys are great. You pound, you know, digital media is really, the, it's, it's the wave of the future. Uh, you're all over the place. Evan, honestly, as good as it gets, Um you guys are good. And, uh, the, the videos, uh, I love him. So, uh, you had a great story, uh, by the way, on Billick. I think I told you down at the Super Bowl. Um, Thank I was you. the guy in the video sitting next to him on the right, so I, I apologize if I got in the way. You um, did not. But, uh, great. No, well, Great job. It was, um, you guys are, are the wave of the future, so keep up the good work. Really like you guys.
0: I really appreciate that bill very very much and um before I get back to football I want to ask you about your son Max how he's doing uh playing base uh pro baseball now uh, after a uh, terrific career at Northeastern.
1: Well, remember it's the New York Yankees so we got to be careful. Oh no, you here. know what? Uh,
0: it's your no, but blood is thicker than anything else. You're right. In New England, go. Tell you know, me. It's
1: funny because I, I the one thing is my dad Who's a you know lifelong Bostonian lived in Lynn. Uh, he passed away a year and a half ago. And he, him and Max were very close. In fact, the story on draft day was you know he was you know it was we're up to the 20th round. We're thinking he might go on the 10th, and he was all flipping out, driving, walking around the street, and I'm yelling out for him, come back. And he ends up he says he says like a quick prayer, Papa, help me out. And like 10 seconds later, the Yankees drafted him. Oh, and, uh, my, wow. and my my dad hated the Yankees, but lo and behold, if he was still alive, he would have been the first guy buying a hat and would have been rooting for the Yan- Yankees so yeah, it, blood is thicker than water and uh, I had a great summer going down he was down he, he played down at the Appalachian League which short season rookie league down in uh Pulaski Virginia R- nice little town uh great history. I was down there probably out of the two and a half months, probably about three weeks uh, funny story ran into Jody Reed, who's oh, yeah. the he- director yeah he's director of minor league development for the Yankees and um Tim Tim Naring who's right-hand man to Brian Cashman so i ran into both i covered both early in my career so That's i knew amazing. both uh, coincidentally it was the 25th anniversary or 30th anniversary of Morgan Magic while i was there and i ended up talking to him and wrote a story about it how Joe Morgan Boston Red Sox manager when he got the job the first thing he did was he called in Jody Reed who has, who is basically going to be sent to Pawtucket and says, Hey, you know why you're here? And Jody Reed said, what coach probably sending me down to uh, Pawtucket. He goes, no, you're going to be starting shortstop the rest of the season and you're not coming out of the lineup. So I just want you to play and not worry. Thank you. And left. Jody Reed to this day said that changed his life, that little pep talk, that breach of confidence. And he said, you know, he ended up having a really good career. I think two time all-star and, uh, so, so I get that story, and then he's having the Yankees, and he's watching my, my son play. And, you know, I sa- he said to me, where's your son? I said, Max. And so he goes, oh, yeah, you know, I, said, I, I, I like him. Uh, you know, I've, I've been following him here for a couple of days. And he goes, I was talking to him yesterday. And so it was, you know, a little talk about ego, you know, felt good. And uh, so I had a great time watching him play and develop. And, we, you know, he went to Northeastern, so he's been in Boston. I was very lucky. Very lucky with my job that I could take a little time off. Uh, took You know, basically saw he played 224 games. I'm going to guess I saw 200 of them. And, um, you know, little, I don't know, crazy, I don't know. But I, I traveled. My wife came to a lot of games as well and had the time of our lives. College baseball, Division One wouldn't trade it again. Our neighbor, Joey Bramante, is playing for UMaine. They're leaving next week for Florida State, and I'm jealous. I, lo- I, I can't tell you how, how much fun it was going to these big schools, Auburn, South Carolina, um, Houston, Baptist, uh, these great schools. So uh, for me, uh, living the dream, uh, you know, I was a good little athlete, you know, tried out for baseball at Merrimack, got cut, um, and uh, but loved it, my favorite sport. And, you know, I, I sort of, you know, I, I can say I maybe fostered his, his, his uh his love of the game, because I, I did love it too. But, you know, he's a he's a good athlete in high school, went to St. John's Prep, played basketball, golf, and baseball. And he sort of knew in high school, early high school, that he wanted to try. He wanted Division One baseball. Then when he got there, he wanted to play down the Cape. And then when he was down the Cape, he said, I want to play pro ball. And so far, so good. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: Got to tell you, his numbers are impressive with Pulaski. 274, yes. 21 RBIs, uh, 347 OBP. He's a shortstop, right?
1: Yeah. So and he, I think he led the team in doubles and was second in batting average. So you know it was uh, it, he played he was there, you know defensively probably you know right up there as number one. So it was a it was a nice experience. A good friend of his from Bryant University, Mickey Gasper a catcher DH. He went with, they, they both got drafted one behind the other. They both traveled to Tampa together to work out, both traveled together to Pulaski and we're together roommates together. And, you know, they're good, they're leaving next week together to go to Tampa to work out with the, you know, the Yankee minor leaguers. So it's been an incredible run. Uh I, it's a, you know, high pressure. It's one, one to two days off a month. They're, they report every day, you know, 1 PM at the park, get home at 11 and, they're long days, but uh, that's what he loves, and has never complained about it once.
0: The bus rides aren't burning him out.
1: Well, the he he his league it wasn't as bad. He, everything was in within three hours. Okay. The next year it's going to be six, eight. They're getting longer, so we we'll, uh, the hotels I think are going to get even worse. So we'll we'll see what happens this year. Uh, of course, when we get out, we will find. Uh, you know, I'm looking for top grade hotels. Bed bugs not allowed, but yeah, uh, we'll see. This this is going to be the test, 140 games uh, traveling, so it should be fun.
0: All right, we're going to go back to football now, and there are those who think that Julian Edelman's MVP in the Super Bowl is tainted because he had the PED suspension at the beginning of the season. I don't buy that at all, and uh, I think that's kind of silly because, you know, PEDs are such a part of the sports culture. Uh, There are a couple of things here. I think they're part of the sports culture, and I don't think that if you get banged once that, yes, you serve your penalty because that's, you're responsible for anything that goes into your body. But right. I don't don't think that precludes you from future success or honors or what have you. But secondly, the NFLPA needs to do a much better job of helping to regulate with the league these players because the I don't think the NFLPA is giving any guidance whatsoever to whether it's Julian Edelman or Joe Schmoe at the you know the you know third uh, left guard on the roster you they've got to do a better job of representing for their for their players I agree and it's
1: look what happens is a lot of guys like Julian Edelman uh a lot of these issues come after being injured what happens is some of the some of the stuff they're taking is to speed up the healing process and, uh, and it works. Unfortunately, some of it's deemed that it makes you better and quicker and faster. So, uh, look, it happens. He served his suspension. Um, he apparently was tested several times, uh, after that. Uh, and you know, they say testing is great. I don't know, but I, it's, I think it's remarkable. Look, let's look at Julian Edelman, his career. This is now, and I, I did the staff before the Super Bowl uh, I think he had a, in twelve games eleven 1, hundred and ninety six yards. So we just added hundred and forty yards. So this is thirteen games. He's over thirteen hundred and thirty forty yards. Thirty yards. Right. That's amazing. In thirteen games. That's that's Hall of Fame like numbers. Uh he's had a season of if you just add the, the special the, the the postseason, as if he's a Hall of Famer. And I, I know out there Bill Parcells who I respect a lot, he basically says that for wide, if a wide receiver, if a, a a slot receiver can't play wide, then he's not really a, a receiver. And I, I don't believe it. It's about production. I do. I uh, agree I with you. Got, these guys are underpaid. I think Wes Welker was one of the most clutch guys the Patriots ever had. And guess what? I think I think Edelman's better. And I'm, I don't know if he's technically a better receiver, but he's had bigger, more big plays than uh, than Welker had. And look, look at the three Super Bowls. The last three Super Bowls have won. Uh, Edelman played a major role in all three. Uh, you know, I don't want to say could have been MVP, but he, I mean he was incredible in the stretch run with Seattle. He was incredible in the stretch run against Atlanta, and he just look at what he did. Kansas City game. I mean, forget the Super Bowl. He's uh, in my mind, he's an all time great. We we say this especially in sports now nowadays. It's about winning, and I'm not saying if you haven't won a World Series or an NFL, you you're, you precludes you from being a Hall of Famer, but if you have, you you've got to pick give him extra points. And he's a he gets open. That's all I know. If if you think if you if you want to stop him, put a good corner a good cornerback on him. And they've tried, and it doesn't work. You know, the Rams uh, uh, the tried three
0: different corners on him.
1: None of, none of them worked. Nope. And he the key to him was he won the game for the Patriots early. I think, and and he got the momentum on their side, and that's why he won MVP. I, I, Did he deserve it? It was a close call. I give it to him in a close call but I'm happy for him he deserves it he's you know he has not made a ton of money over his career I think it's like 20 something 24 or five million for what he's done for this this team this franchise uh he's he's underpaid I, well, think I think he's on
0: his way to the Hall of Fame what do you think
1: yep I do too uh, it's about winning and all he's done is winning you know he for like three years he was an understudy to Welker. And you know, return some punts, and you know, at one point he was the best punt returner in the history of the NFL. He had the highest average per return for like six years. Right. And you know, it's it's gone down a little bit. This is a this is a winner, man. This is a winner. And um, you know, I, I was talking to um, you know Bill O'Brien recently, and he basically said this: that, you know, this guy could have played safety in the NFL. He could have been a great safety. Uh, he could have played a couple. You know, they might have put him at running back. You know his speed because he has special quickness, and that's why he. You know, one of the key things that he that he did, the reasons why teams the Patriots liked him was his shuttle run. You know, was he broke the record for the year, better than all. He didn't get invited to the combine. His his shuttle run was the best shuttle run of anybody. So it just tells you uh, he is an athletic kid. He's tough as nails. And uh, I want him on my team in a big game, period. So if you ask me, he's a Hall of Famer.
0: So you mentioned Bill Bel- uh, Bill Belichick earlier in this podcast. You realize it was Rick Gosselin, a uh, sports writer, sports columnist for the Dallas Morning News, who turned uh, Bill Belichick on to uh, Julian Edelman back yep. in 2009. That's a great story uh, that Belichick kind of related.
1: <laughs> it's awesome. And then he looked at film. Uh, he looked at film. looked at these three – Beta tapes. He hands the beta tapes to Bill O'Brien and says, tell me what you think of this kid. He's he's not a quarterback, but he can play somewhere. And, you know, next thing you know, O'Brien writes up a report. He can play. They send out Scotty O'Brien and Ivan Fierce. They test him at running back. They test him at receiver. And next thing you know, they draft him in the seventh round and he was not going to get drafted because they did different kind of homework and Belichick, uh, you know, look, it, it's a, th- that's how these things happen. I mean, uh, go to my son, going to Northeastern, right. a parent on the team told the coach, you got to look at this kid at the prep. You got to go look at him. And he b- bothered him and no one, lo and behold, he went and looked at him. And that's how he went there. So it's, cr- the stories are, you know, how people get there are, are, are sometimes crazy. And uh, I love the Edelman story. And, you know, they, his story, uh, his Hall of Fame story, and I think he is going to be in the Hall of Fame. You, you, you know, you win three Super Bowls and you were a key player in all three. And then he didn't play last year. And, you know, the thing about the Patriots, they weren't last year. The ones, They they were very good. Uh, they just weren't as tough as they were this year. And, you know, guess who wasn't on the team this year, last year? It was a tough guy, probably one of the toughest guys in the team, Edelman. I'm not saying as a wide receiver, he, but he does bring a sense of toughness when he's there. And you, you're you around this team, Mike. You're there almost yeah. every day. Uh, this this guy just rubs off on people. And, and Matthew Slater said it's not the same when he's not there. And it wasn't the same the first four games. Well, you know, you know who
0: he – re- not to interrupt you, you know who he really rubs off on? Brady. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think there's mm-hmm. anybody – Julian Edelman affects more than he affects Tom Brady, and in a positive yeah. way.
1: Yeah, you're right. And it's funny, you know, because we, we don't look at Brady. We look at him as mentally tough. But when he's around Edelman, it's like he's he's like a tough guy, like almost like Pedro Martinez. You, you see Martinez walking down the street. You could clock him. You see him on the mound. He looks like a ferocious, you know, and that's what Brady tur- turned into with this guy around him. It's a uh, – it's impressive. I can't say enough things about And It's not like I've had this incredible relationship with that Edelman. I, I don't really know him real well. I really respect his game. I respect the punishment he takes. I did say, how do you take it? He goes, it's not easy, man. You just do it. And I lift a lot of weights. Uh, as Belichick said at the uh, press conference, I didn't see it. I, I mean, I saw it later. Uh, he's the hardest working player he's ever played for, ever played for. Him. It's impressive.
0: That is saying a lot. And you know, what's yep. also, um, you know, intriguing to me is the future with Rob Gronkowski. And we're going to wrap it up here, Bill, but I want to get your feeling on Gronk. I think we saw Rob Gronkowski play his last NFL game Sunday, but maybe he feels super re-energized by this Super Bowl title. His body's feeling that much better, but I think people are going to get to him and go, get out while it's getting the getting is good and it's not going to get any better for you Gronk this this get out yeah. at the top of the mountain
1: but wasn't it a strange year for him not only he didn't produce like it wasn't him but he just didn't seem right all year sort of not sulking but not Quiet. having fun and then and then the super bowl happened and he turned into Gronk again he was dancing, making fun. He was on the stage at you know, media, the meet at night on Monday night. And it was like, this is the guy we've known for the previous seven years, eight years. And I honestly think he said, this is it. Uh, I'm going to go out on my terms. That's what fun. it felt like to me, too. And, yeah. and he produced. He was saying hi to everyone. I mean, look, I, there's something. I, I think he's a special guy in a sense. He added, like, spice to the Belichick the set the second dynasty so we divided the two dynasties you got really from 2000 to 2006 and then you got the 2007 you know maybe even go to 2011 uh to to now and he just added like he added some fun and flair which i believe every team needs a little of and Belichick didn't know how to deal with him. Like, I see, you see him dancing next to Belichick. Belichick and look at him and just put his head down. I <laughs> just like that. That, to me, is great. And uh, I think he's done. I think his body has taken a beating. I think his back, which has bothered him since college, uh, is, is bo- has bothered him a lot. And I just think he, he didn't take the hits. Like, you'd see him make a catch and look upfield. And then when a hit came, he'd slow down. And that wasn't him. And I, I, think, I, think, he's near, I think it's over for him. And it's too bad because I had a lot of fun covering him.
0: He really was a nice guy to cover and be around. He really was. And, you know, he's one of the most genuine people I've ever met in sports. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I don't say that lightly. I just think the guy is really salt of the earth. Yeah, he can be a goofball. Um, but I, I can never say a bad thing about Rob Gronkowski. And if you yeah. can cover a, an athlete for nearly a decade – and never say a bad word about the guy. That right. kind of tells you, goofy or not, you know, uh, aloof sometimes or not, which he really wasn't never, he wasn't really that aloof that much. You know, that no. to me is kind of the indication of what kind of man he was. And, you know, hopefully he gets out while the getting is good. I just, you yeah. would hate to see him play one more year and kind of press it. And something happened. And I think it would be a great story for him to go out on top now and get out where the getting's good. But ultimately, that's his decision. And as he said after the Super Bowl on Sunday, we'll find out soon enough in a couple of weeks. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. want to thank our terrific guest, longtime Lawrence Eagle Tribune columnist Bill Burt. Do me a favor and follow him on Twitter at Burt Talk Sports. And and uh Bill, I'm gonna spell this out. B-U-R-T-T-A-L-K-S, S-P-O-R-T-S. One word on Twitter, right? You got it. Also want to thank our great sponsor, Homesick Candles, for producer Mike Longhi and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriot Speed Podcast, powered by C L N S Media.